Welcome to College Sports Conversations, presented by the NCAA. I'm Corbin McGuire, and this edition's guest is Josie Nicholson, counseling and sports psychologist at Ole Miss and host of the podcast United, where sports psychologists and mental health professionals team up to hold conversations for student-athletes on mental health. Josie, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. It's an honor. Before we get into the thick of it, first off, just how are you doing? What has this pandemic been like for you? I know we're all going through it in our own way, but as a mental health professional and just in general, what has it been like for you to go through this? You know, it's so funny. Um, my, my colleagues and I joke so much that whenever you say, how's it going? It's such a loaded question now, right? And there should be yeah. some uh, quick phrase that can embody like as good as anybody could expect. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm doing well. I think it's been um, obviously challenging. So I've really challenged myself to try to take in and remember the good that's coming out of it as well as the challenges. Um, you know, I, I think I've seen on social media um, things like we're all in the same boat. We're all going through this together. And the reality is it's the same storm, but it's very different boats. And I am incredibly grateful for my boat. It's, you know, in many ways, I have been very fortunate uh, in this. So it's been awesome to have opportunities to reach out maybe to people that are, their boat, you know, doesn't have a motor or whatever, so. Yeah, that's just great perspective. And I think a great segue into, you know, the reason I wanted to talk to you today um, is your this podcast. Uh, it's one of the way you one of the ways you stay connected both with student athletes um, and just with people in general during this time. Um, but can you kind of give us a, a background or the origin story of United, um, how and why it kind of came to be, and who was all involved? Yes, um, and I guess I can give the long version since I'm here. So. You know, I had actually um, toyed around with the idea of doing a podcast as a way to uh, reach student athletes just at my university uh, for performance because I found myself having the same conversation over and over and I was like, it would be nice if there was a way to get all this information out in a consumable platform that student athletes can access. So uh, I had actually toyed around with that idea and I recorded the first performance episode during our spring break, which is when everything kind of the world fell apart. And then um, when I was on the phone trying to figure out, okay, the students aren't coming back. Uh, we're not sure about the rest of the season. There's postponement. I thought about Mark and Kim Holinsky and how amazing their work has been over the past nearly two years of being on the road, visiting student athletes and connecting with them in person, personally. And I thought they're gonna struggle with not being able to do that because it's such a part of their heart and their service. So I just called them up to uh, tell them I was thinking about them and that I was, um, very willing to brainstorm ideas and I kicked around and it may have been that conversation or a different conversation and I said you know it would be great for there to be a podcast around like how to handle mental health at this time and 
I didn't really see myself in that role necessarily, um, especially beyond my own student athlete. Uh, but I figured, I mean, I'll try anything twice. So <laughs> I figured I'd give it a shot and see how it went. And it went and it kept going. And um, it was so beneficial to me that uh, I couldn't not do it, you know. Uh, for those maybe unaware of Cam and Mark Helensky and, and Helensky's hope uh, and that whole story, uh, can you kind of give some background on it and that that foundation and the work that Mark and Kim do, which is so important um, across the nation for student athletes? Absolutely. So in January of 2018, their son, their middle son Tyler, who was the quarterback at Washington State, took his life, and um, they immediately. Uh, kind of went into um, how can we help others because they didn't realize that he had been suffering. They didn't realize that he uh, was struggling with mental health. And so the idea around breaking the stigma, around um, helping people, particularly student athletes that are in this culture of tough it out, don't you know say anything, never show weakness and weaknesses in in asking help, uh, you know, to break that down so that people and especially student athletes can feel like they can reach out and ask for help. And that's been their mission. So they go to different universities um, all through the um, foundation. So it's all on um, Holinsky's Hope's dime and uh, talk to student athletes about, they share their story, they talk to coaches, they talk, they'll talk to anybody. <laughs> um, and they share Tyler's story and they share the impact that it's had on them and their family and their hopes for the future. And they are changing lives. So it's really hard to not want to be a part of that. I just, I've spoken with a few people who have either listened to some of their presentations or uh, just spoken with them in general and they're just great people who are doing great work and now you're helping them carry that that mission through this podcast. Uh, what was their reaction when you kind of brought up this idea? Maybe a podcast can bridge that gap while we're going through all of this. Well, I, they're so receptive to anything that might help one person. So they thought it was a great idea. And so we kind of um, put together, okay, what would it look? They have some great resources and connections too. So they were able to helped me clean up some of my ideas from, you know, the amateur perspective that I have. And uh, so they were, they've been unbelievably supportive. I believe you launched like March 31st mm -hmm. and you've had like 50 episodes since then, which I'm sure when you think about it, just seems crazy. Um, but in your mind, what do you feel like the, the podcast has provided student athletes, those who have been listening regularly or sporadically, um, what do you hope it's given them? I think, uh, so I think part of it actually, right after they weren't allowed to return to campuses, I think it gave them a way to kill 40 minutes of a day, you know, um, which is very useful, you know, if you can feel like you're being productive or doing something in a different vein. Uh, so, and I hope that it's given them a different way to think about 
some stuff. I hope that it's given them validation because everybody that's come on has been like, this is tough, this is hard. And we need to have some grace for ourselves at the same time. Uh, so I hope that it's also given them hope and new ways of moving through, not just a global pandemic or issues around social justice, uh, but their lives because, you know, it, it doesn't automatically get easier once you <laughs> graduate at all, so. No doubt, and as one who's listened to some of the episodes, uh, I will testament to that. Um, some of those episodes have helped me and um, I didn't necessarily know I needed it. Um, but so I think it's just a great resource. And uh, I'm curious, what type of feedback have you received from student athletes who have listened, um, like I said, regularly or just sporadically? What, what have you heard in terms of feedback? I've heard a lot of that was really helpful or I haven't thought of it in that way. I didn't realize that I uh, could benefit from that is another one. And I always say, well, you don't have to be sick to want to get better. We can all improve in a lot of different areas of our life. And, um, you know, that really resonated with me. So I think it's given the message that uh, whether you're in college, whether you're a professional, I mean, we are all human and there's nothing special necessarily about me at all. I'm going through this and I'm struggling with this and that. And so it's not, um, yeah, so it's not like I'm the adult, I'm the sports psychologist. It's like, I'm a human and you're a human and here's another human talking about how we can get through what's going on in humanity right now. And some of the humans you brought on have been student athletes as well. Um, and I know that's something you added um, as kind of this, this thing has evolved. So I'm curious, just what do you think the student athletes have added in terms of perspective to the podcast and just relatability? Well, it's just that, right? It's relatability. We know from uh, research that the more somebody uh, looks like you or, or you can see them doing the same things or, you know, whether it's age or size or race, whatever it is, that you're able to create an image of yourself doing it the closer uh, somebody's somebody else's image is to yours uh, so i think relatability they're all stories of resilience yeah. and that's the number one message i think that has been woven through other than Brene brown is fantastic <laughs> she appears pops up in every episode but uh you know, I, I think the number one message is we are amazingly resilient and we will not just get through it, but we can thrive through these obstacles. So every student athlete that's come on has said, this was a struggle for me and here's how I got through it and it wasn't easy and now I'm here and I want people to know you're not alone. How do you go about uh, determining topics or themes um, for these episodes and, and especially you bring on professionals throughout the, the NCAA um, from different schools just can you kind of walk, walk me through just the process you have in you know building these episodes since you put out you know two or three a week it's a 
a lot of wadding up uh, spitballs and spitting them through straws. Like really, it's, uh, I mean, at first it was a lot of my buddies, you know, and it still is. I mean, there a lot of these people are people that I know that I've had similar conversations with in the past. I know um, Letitia Bader is phenomenal when she talks about um, substance abuse and use and athletes. And I know I've had uh, conversations about gratitude with uh, Nicole Gabbana. So sometimes it's really easy, like, hey, can we get on and talk about this, you know? Uh, but other times it's like, you know, I just had a text conversation with somebody like, I'd love to have you on, just you're a great professional, your energy. You can talk about whatever you're passionate about that you think would be helpful for student athletes right now. Um, so what do you find yourself talking to your athletes about? Well, let's get it bigger, you know? Um, and then a lot of times, like I had um, an organization on, two organizations, D one-on-one uh, -on -one and then um, Strength and Stories. And so in talking to those former student athletes, I, one of them had a great story. It was like, hey, let's focus on you for one. And so it's just kind of, you know, who pops up. And I'm very opportunistic. And I will, I don't mind being told no or, you know, Tuesday, Gabby Reese is going to be on. And yes, and so that was just, I, stumbled across her podcast and there was an email in the link and I like, whatever, I, I'll try anything. So. <laughs> well, well, it works out well, uh, especially um, just the, the variety of topics and people you're able to bring on. Uh, what do you feel like as a mental health professional and someone who's done this for 10 or so years, what have you gained from this podcast talking to, to peers and student athletes and um, how, how do you feel like you've benefited? Oh my gosh. So in a moment of authenticity, I believe that this was um, something that was put in my life to really help me thrive through the pandemic and, and all the other challenges that 2020 has brought because um, my coping mechanism is when things get hard, I work harder. And so I put my head down and I grind. And sometimes, especially when you have to be intentional about connecting and you have to make sure that, I mean, I'm not a Zoom fan, so I'm not, you know, gonna organically like, let's get on a Zoom call. And so it really put into my path these conversations that I needed and these connecting with friends. Um, and I don't know that I would have thought to do that. It's really given me a purpose as well. I mean, to take the work that I feel very confident and comfortable in and to turn it upside down and say, now you have to figure out connecting in an intimate way virtually and you can't meet with teams and your consultation with coaches is going to, is going to look bit different and you can't just breathe in the energy of your college campus, which I think is so important. It was a place where I could, um, just have conversations and feel at ease. Like, yeah, this is great information, you know? So that is definitely most of the way I've benefited. And other than that, 
you know how it is when you do something and you teach something, it's, it doesn't not necessarily mean you do it all the time. And so it's reminders to, okay, you could do a three days straight of gratitude practice or weave in some mindfulness or, you know, other things that we've talked about. And uh, so that's been very helpful. I'm sure those who've listened to feel the same way. Uh, and there, like I mentioned earlier, there's been a variety of people and topics and if you could boil that down to a few th mental health themes or self-care tips, anything, could you generalize some of those topics that you kind of are overarching themes um, throughout the episodes? I really think hope and resilience, as I mentioned, um, is that has been woven through. Self-compassion is one that you have to be able to say, like, now is not the time to expect 100% anything you know that we're going to give a hundred percent of the 80 that we have or whatever it is and and that's been a big theme that's why Brene Brown's work comes up so much because she's um you know kind of the the uh spokesperson for self-compassion and uh so those have been the main themes the other thing is that it doesn't take a lot to get a little bit better you know pausing breathing for a minute can improve your day so much. So I've noticed that, that none of these things are complete changes to your life. They're five minute a day kind of things and accessible. So I've really, I've really liked that. Again, for those who may not know who Brene Brown is, uh, why should they know about her and what is she about? So she is a shame researcher. She's, uh, I, I'm blanking on the university where she is, but, uh, but she has written Daring Greatly is my favorite book by her, but um, The Gift of Imperfection. So she, her work focuses a lot on um, being human and how perfectionism um, is driven by shame. So we get a lot of our self-worth from what we do rather than who we are. And it's hard for us to accept that who we are is just okay without the certificates on the wall, the trophies lining the hallway and stuff. So, um, so she's a great resource. She has an amazing TED Talk. Uh, she has a podcast that is great. In fact, I will share a little story that the night before I recorded the first episode with Tom Golightly, I, um, her podcast had launched a couple of days before and I sat down to listen to it and it was on FFTs, the whole episode. And um, I won't say the first word, but the F of the T that follows is uh, first times. So it's about how anything that we do for the first time is the essence of vulnerability because it, it's so new and it's so uncomfortable and it's very difficult to feel confident in that arena. So I found a lot in that and I was like, okay, Brene's speaking directly to me. Because <laughs> we're like that. Yes, best friends for sure. Yeah. Um, and just 
bouncing off of her to some of what you just said, it, it seems so relatable to, to what student athletes went through um, at the heart of this pandemic when, you know, their sports were stripped away from them. They were sent home away from their teammates and coaches and the routines that they knew. Um, so can you kind of just describe the, the challenges that student athletes have faced from a mental health perspective during this pandemic? How unique is this period uh, for them and what they're going through? Well, I cannot think of another situation that is anything like it. And I hope there's nothing to come that's like it. Although there probably will be at some point in history, but, um, but I think it's important first to remember that not all athletes return um, to great environments. And it's really difficult to imagine, um, you know, you, graduate high school, you, you get this opportunity to play, you know, I mean, less than 2% of whatever sport it is plays in, at the D1 level. And then you also have D2 and D3. And so you have this incredible opportunity. You, you go to college, you start, you're becoming your own person, you're becoming an adult. And then all of a sudden you have to move back to your parents' house. It's like, wah, wah, wah. And, for a lot of them, that's not a, uh, for some of them, it's not a great situation. Um, but at best, it's a um, renegotiation of, you know, I, I was in my own space and now I'm in somebody else's space. And um, I had this routine and now I don't have any routine. I have these things that um, bring me great comfort that is exercise and connecting with my friends and being able to move in my own way. And all of that is stripped away. Uh, so the social support and the coping mechanisms and all those sorts of things. Uh, so really confusing, disconcerting. I had um, Dr. Ray Merck on talking about uh, family and how you can appreciate being with your family and yet recognize that it's difficult, you know, because it's not, once you leave after high school, it's not really your house anymore necessarily. And they're like, well, as long as you're under our roof, it's our rules, fair enough. But I've had the other side now and I'm coming back. And so all of that, also just not having access to the thing that makes them tick, yeah. which is typically getting better. Uh, in their sport. And so you can train with resistance bands or run sprints in your driveway, but you're not being challenged in the way that makes you better. So that, yeah, just to lose all that, I can't even imagine, you know? And the, yeah, and then there's the, un the unknown factor that I think we're still living in. Uh, even though sports are kind of back, uh, we've got you know football going on right now, but even that's unknown from week to week. Uh, for the conferences that are playing. Yeah. Uh, how much can that, the anxiety from unknown and just not the uncertainty of what's gonna come in the weeks and the months and the year to, to come, uh, how does that factor into student athlete mental health and, and kind of what they're going through? I, I think it factors in, it cannot be underestimated. Think about whatever it is that is most precious to you, whether it's independence or educate, like whatever it is, 
And then somebody's holding it in front of you, takes it away for a while and says, well, you'll probably get it back. It's going to look different, but you're going to get it back. You're like, well, how is it going to look different? This is mine. This is what makes me tick and, and drives me and, and what I live for right now. And it's actually a huge part of who you are. And so then I say, okay, you can sort of have it back now. And you're like, okay. And then it's like, oh, wait, just kidding. Okay, wait. Well, we're not sure. Well, maybe, okay, you could have this shortened version. You can play these teams only. We don't know when it's going to end. That is just so back and forth. And there's no, uh, we all want to know what's coming in front of us. But student athletes are a different breed where that certainty, that expectation, they have to plan their lives down to the, the literally minutes uh, in a lot of ways. And so to throw all that up in the air and say, you may have to, um, you know, do a 180 tomorrow. Um, and then they finally get back to campus. And at any point in time, they could be told, you have 10 minutes to gather your things, you need to go to an isolation room, you know? And that's scary, yeah. you know? And then you see people in the, grocery store or moving through your space that aren't wearing a mask and it's like you're putting or they're having parties or whatever it is and and it's like you are putting what is precious to me and a huge part of me at risk so it's a lot it is a lot um and i just yeah i can't imagine mm -hmm. uh, what are you what are you telling your student athletes that will miss that to, to try to ease those nerves as much as you can, or just to, to give them some tools to work through this? So the number one thing that I've been saying is, yes, this is really hard and you have to give yourself some grace through it, um, which has been really hard for me because I forget sometimes I'm like, oh, why did I not do that as well? And I'm like, oh, right, global pandemic. So it's hard to keep it in the forefront because in some ways we're trying to pretend like things are normal. <laughs> Um, so I, you know, to look for connection, to look for opportunities, um, you know, I've set up, uh, some COVID groups where they can get on zoom and just talk about what it's like to have to be quarantined for a bit. And, um, cause that's really hard. You get back with your team and all of a sudden, just kidding. So I'm saying a lot about the reality that this is actually what athletes train for is the unexpected. I mean, you perfect your craft so that it doesn't matter what comes at you, you're solid. And that's kind of what we need to work on doing is to fortify our inner resources, whether, and it's different for everybody. For, for a lot of people, mindfulness is key, you know, for some people it's um, connecting with friends and family more regularly or playing the musical instrument that they love, or I don't know, riding a horse, like whatever it is, um, to fortify that and make it so that your inner peace is unshaken by the situation. And really difficult, because it's not like you don't see the, the situation. But when you have a ball, I was a soccer player, so I always talk in soccer language. So when you have the ball and um, you know, this person is coming at you and the first thought is 
where did that speed come from? And <laughs> you're so good that you're able to get around them, you know, or do a move to get around them without thinking about it because that's how honed you are. And that's what athletes train for is the unexpected. It just feels different. And we tend to struggle with confidence around our inner resources when it comes to, okay, the whole world rather than just the pitch. So. Speaking of resources, I want to kind of tie it into a positive note here. Uh, you've been a part of this for, like I said, 10 years or so as a mental health professional hmm. in college athletics. Where have we come in mental health from then to now? Uh, what type of progress have, has been made? Man, um, a lot. It, it was really cool to get Ivan Mazel's perspective on that in one of the episodes shifts in the conversation because he has seen it from the journalist um, perspective and the writer's perspective and uh, you know we both kind of see that it wasn't it was so stigmatized that the only way um, I could talk to coaches was to emphasize my performance um, enhancement training you know so hey I can make I can help them with their free throw percentage. I can help them. And it wasn't really talked about. And for some, it was actually like, well, these are athletes. They're not vulnerable to mental health struggles. It's like, actually, they're more vulnerable because they're under more pressure, all the things, right? So, um, so we've come to a realization. A lot of that um, is from people speaking out and say, you know, Kevin Love just had that thing on social media to, you know, um, to others who struggle or however he titled it, that was brilliant. I think it's been so valuable to see um, whether it's celebrities, professional athletes being able to say, you know, I'm very successful as a professional and I struggle with mental health. Uh, and it's very real because it, for so long it was something that needed to be hidden, especially from coaches, mainly because coaches at one time were so uncomfortable with any sort of perceived uh, vulnerability. Um, and now it's more accepted, like, if you want a great athlete, you have to take the whole person and make the whole person um, whole you know and i think also there's um more awareness as as coaches get younger is that a way to say it like you know of a newer generation or whatever there's more talk around it they you know people in their family have opened up and things like that so more re receptivity uh and because more people are speaking out like, hey, this interferes with my performance. And if I can get this taken care of, then I'm going to be better in my sport. So there was a time when sports psychologists kind of got their in with the performance piece. Right. And now it's like they may be coming for performance or mental health, but it's all going to make them better. So, uh, you know, they're, they're a lot um, a lot better with it. There is still stigma that needs to be broken down, um, but it is definitely would come a long way with it. How have student athletes um, led the charge in this? How, what role have they played in the progress that has been made? Absolutely key. So, you know, the 
Division One SAC. Um, I think also the NCAA has been listening more. Brian Hainline's played a key role in uh, opening up those conversations and saying, you know, we need to pay attention to everything that the student athletes are saying and mental health always comes up. Because the other thing too is um, 20 years ago, you didn't have, first of all, there was an off season for whatever sport. Uh, you didn't have the, um, you know, micromanaging of schedule. You didn't have all the pressure. If in, in college, there's no digital evidence of my college years. Thank goodness. So like, you know, there's, uh, but now if an athlete makes a mistake, they could be attacked on Twitter by a stranger, or they may make the um, ESPN um, worst play, or I forget the, the name of that. And that just wasn't pressure that I understood, you know? So yes, mental health is going to be really important because they have to withstand being on a bigger stage than I could imagine, you know? And, and so having them use their voice and say, we do want more resources and we do want to be able to take care of ourselves. We want some boundaries around the way coaches are able to, um, can I say monopolize our time? You know, we want some say in, uh, how we spend our free time and getting off days that are actually off and everything like that. So them recognizing that they are important and they have a voice that needs to be heard has been so key. I think we've definitely entered a, an era of student athletes finding their voice and feeling empowered. And, and I, I think especially this year as um, we think about the social injustice that's happened, uh, I guess what's that been like to, to see that um, from your perspective, to see student athletes really um, feel that confidence to speak up and use their platforms. It's been so cool. I've been so excited. I mean, people that have felt um, silenced for so long um, and have just had the, the brunt of some really um, egregious injustice uh, have finally been able to, to stand out and stand together um, and have allies and accept allies and that's really been unifying and it, so it's been very exciting it's been frustrating at times because of all the things we have to do this in a mask which is almost metaphorical in some ways you know and and you know i was able to have a really cool conversation early on with dr kensa gunter about um you know just the the difference in my experience of wearing a mask walking into a store and one of our football players walking into a mask, uh, you know, who is black, it's different. Mm -hmm. And in some ways that's been disheartening to see the challenges of, you know, our unity walk on campus had to be limited in number because of COVID. And yet it's brought some things to the, the surface. Like you can't deny that, this experience of just the pandemic is different or the access to healthcare resources. So it's highlighted some things like that. Um, and so being able to amplify that voice um, and learn a lot about being an ally uh, has been so valuable for me, but it's just been amazing to see the passion and the 
changes. And most of the changes that I've seen are in people's hearts. Yeah. And I mean, in Mississippi, of course, we can't, um, you know, downplay it all. We changed our state flag, you know, finally, after 20 years of fight. Um, but the most important changes I've seen are in people's ways of thinking and their hearts. And that's been phenomenal. And our athletes have led the way in that. Um, well, Josie, I want to thank you again for coming on and I'll offer you any, any closing words um, just about what this has been like to, to run a podcast like this and um, to bring some hope um, to people's ears all over the country, all over the world. Uh, well, I really appreciate that. It's very, it's very humbling. I mean, uh, one thing that I would say is we can all make a difference, you know, if it's one person um, doing one thing, whether it's <laughs> returning a shopping cart that was left in the middle of the, <laughs> of a parking space or um, trying something new that you don't see yourself doing. It doesn't have to be great. It has to be hopeful. And that's more about where your heart is rather than your skills are. So that's kind of been my guiding light. Like I can mess up, but if it comes from the right place, I can fix anything, you know, and it doesn't have to be phenomenal. It just has to be out there. Well said, well said. For people who may want to learn more about United or even listen in, where can they find more information or find uh, the episodes? You can listen on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs> but I will say, <laughs> I've learned that one. Um, but actually, to um, the United, the E in the United is a three for Tyler. Uh, so, yeah, we have an Instagram page. So that kind of um, uploads with some uh, resources or quotes to remind people about different episodes. And then on um, www.holinskyshope.org, there is a page for United where we have other resources. Like if we mentioned a book, you know, you can find the, all the information there or, um, you know, some handouts, ways to contact our speakers to learn more. So. Well, I know where I'm going next. Right. Right. Uh, Josie, thanks again. I really appreciate you coming on. This has been an honor and um, really a joy just to, to speak with you. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. And I appreciate all that you're doing. Well, there you have it. Thanks again, Josie. That does it for this edition of College Sports Conversations. Thanks for tuning in.